0: You're listening to A Little Bit Dusty or Sorting Yards from the Outback and the Bush. Grab a hot or cold one and enjoy the conversation ahead. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We do have another guest willing to share their experiences of uh, the Monday Bash and other travels in between. So we are talking to Natalie Cole today and she joins us now. Natalie, good morning. How are you? Good
1: morning. Thanks. I'm
0: good. That's the way. So let's uh, start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, where you're from currently and uh, where you grew up.
1: So I'm currently living in South Gippsland in Victoria. Yep. Um, I'm a mum of three girls. They're seven, six and four. So I've got my hands full there.
0: Yes, and yes, I grew up
1: it. over on the Mornington Peninsula.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. it would be pretty cold in Gippsland at the moment, <laughs> I could imagine. Oh, okay. yes.
1: it's it, It's cold and there is a lot of rain about.
0: we've only just had the tail end of that here in sydney we've had a couple of nice uh, sunny weeks but uh, that's not to say that i should jinx it (laughs) we'll see how we go um so all sorts of people from all across the country come to the bash from all sorts of life and uh, all sorts of uh work careers as well you've done a, a few variety of things what kind of stuff do you do for work at the moment
1: i'm a process technician so i work on machinery At and make steel at Blue Scope Steel in Hastings. So I still work over on the Mornington Peninsula. Okay. Um, Just came out here for the farm life, so.
0: Oh, very nice. So what kind of, uh, what does that entail with you being a technician within uh, the steel mill? What kind of roles do you do do there?
1: So I do a lot of crane driving, forklift driving. I work on one of the gel lines. So we actually galvanize the uh, color bond before it gets painted. Okay. And I test that run the lines. Um, it's all pretty exciting.
0: Cool. <laughs> right in the thick of it. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, Monday, Monday Plains is in the outskirts of Silverton and you know Western New South Wales. Where else in Australia have you traveled to?
1: Since we've had kids, um, we bought a hardtop camper trailer. So, we've done two uh, rather large trips, I suppose. We went up the guts of New South Wales and travelled around uh, outback Queensland up to Lawn Hill across to the coast and then all the way down did Fraser Island. Um, And then the other trip we did, we actually went uh, to Ayers Rock and did all that Central Australia type stuff.
0: Oh, lovely. Were you able to walk on the rock before they uh, removed that privilege?
1: My husband did. He actually went up three times. He took uh, each one of the kids. Oh, wow. um, I probably would have been the type of person that got stuck up the top and needed saving,
0: so
1: I, <laughs> I, I stayed firmly down on the ground.
0: <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> now, obviously, uh, within this festival, there's a whole different range of things that people go for, one probably just being the uh, culture of just being in the outback or music festivals or just travelling. Uh, what were the kind of music tastes that you grew up with and what kind of drew you into getting to this festival? What were some of the artists that you – uh, wanted to see, or some others that you might have seen from another gig that you knew that was playing out in Monday Monday.
1: Look, I'm not, I'm not a huge muso to be honest. So the whole festival scene was really new to me. Okay. Um, going up to Monday this year, John Williamson was a huge straw cut, and he was absolutely magnificent to see. Yeah, um, absolutely. Shannon Noel would have been a good one, but he didn't end up coming. Yeah,
0: oh, um, it's a bit of a bummer. They did have uh, the boys to take his spot, which I found was pretty cool. They they were kind it, of a yeah, good mix of kind of r and B and fun really kind of stuff.
1: Ex- yeah, it was a really good experience for them, and and they did such a good job, and they managed to draw the crowd in, and everyone really loved it. Um, and a massive ABBA fan, so Bjorn again oh, yeah. was great
0: as well. <laughs> oh, very. I don't nice. mind a single one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to go to the uh, August Monday Bash or the Birdsville July Bash?
1: Uh, I've, d- I've done Birdsville before. We did that in 2019. Um, oh, that was with the uh, yeah.
0: Midnight Oil headliner. Yeah, Me and my dad did the same yeah. one. That was the first one that I'd been to as well. So that was, a, again, a big eye-opener for just how big these Outback music festivals can get.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As for August, I am going again. I'm volunteering again. So I volunteered in uh, April, yep. May.
0: What roles did whenever you do whenever it was? What roles did you do yeah. when you were in April?
1: I was a Dunny Angel there and I also picked up an extra shift in ticketing just because a lot of people had to drop out for COVID and things like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. there was like a hundred, I was like 150 that didn't make it because 100 got COVID and 50 pulled out or or 50 got COVID and 100 put out, something like that. But yeah, there are a lot of roles to fill. This is interesting. Yeah. So I've actually talked to a volunteer that's done the Dunny Angel role before. And I've said yep. in uh, I think the first episode of this series, they often seem to be the most happiest, the most the people that are enjoying their shifts the most. So, I mean, it's, some people might think it's a bit of a a grotty role, but uh, what is the yep. what is the role of a Dunny Angel? What are some of the things that um you can expect if someone's to pick up that shift?
1: Um, basically, you're just running through, um, wiping down toilet seats, wiping benches, sweeping floors. It's really not a dirty job. Um. Everyone's there because they want to be there, so they're happy to take on their role and do it. So nothing's left for long periods of time for it to get dirty, I suppose.
0: Right. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. And it is, it's a really fun thing to be a part of. And everyone is very appreciative because that's the best toilet you've got out there. So they need people to clean it.
0: Yeah. And in saying that, because I know that's, uh, some people, if they think of an Outback Festival, they're probably thinking, you know, oh, everyone's just going to be using like Portaloos, like got a construction site. But so uh, they're set out a bit different. How would you describe uh, the the, well, the toilets for the festival and how they're kind of well kept and looked after? Because they are well kept and very looked after. And they are a little bit different from, I suppose, a standard worksite or outdoor kind of toilet. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So um, near the near the stage, um, there's about 20 toilets on each side. So yep. as a Dunning Angel, we just... I just looked after a site and I had someone with me all the time. And then they're scattered throughout the campgrounds. So they're very accessible. There's not a really small amount of them, which means that a huge amount of people aren't using one and not others. Um, it's all really spread out.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, very nice. I mean, using that uh, sawdust to top up or, you know, um, to cover, Yeah, you know, out for everyone's business makes for a, uh... A pleasant smell for one, but also keeps it nice and hygienic too. And I'm pretty sure when I had my induction for my role, which is the stage build, I'm pretty sure they said they uh, they keep uh, all the, you know, the remains from the um, from the dunnies for about a year or so, then they use it as compost. So um, it has a, a good recycling purpose as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I only learnt that um, in my induction as well, which was really interesting. I mean, you really need to be able to use that stuff and not make it waste. and they do really great things with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So travelling from your location uh, up in Gippsland, what kind of route did you take and what, were there any kind of challenges or any big wow moments along your travels? And how long was the duration of the trip getting from Gippsland out to Monday, Monday?
1: Look, we raced up there from where we were. Um, my husband and I both work shift work and we've got small kids, so we've got to take into consideration school days and things uh, like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But did we went straight up.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, awesome. And they did um Monday uh they did Birdsville with us as well.
0: Okay. Um, how is that for them?
1: They love it. Um nice, nice. we yeah. go to the we go to the merchandise tent as soon as we get there. We buy them a t shirt and we bought them a hoodie in Birdsville, but they didn't have them at Monday. Um oh, yeah. and basically the girls just stay in the same top the whole time. They're all dressed the same, so we can always find them. Um oh, that's a good point. If, yep. Yeah, and it's it's good to um, have give them a little bit of freedom as well especially with their ages
0: yeah yeah absolutely and a lot of people uh, yeah might just think oh, its just a, a boomers festival because it's all music from the 80s or whatever but it is very family friendly and that, like people and with groups like uh the crack up sisters and interactive activities that you can do during the day it is yeah recommended for everyone to bring the children as well so oh that's good it's good that you're uh, that your girls have enjoyed both festivals very nice
1: we're actually bringing our exchange student along this time. So we've oh, okay. got a an, a 17-year-old exchange student coming out from Italy. So she arrives a oh, week wow. before we leave to go on the batch um, What so a great way a to check out the country as soon as you get off the plane.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So you've raced up from Gippsland. Uh, were there any kind of uh, exciting areas that you managed to check out along the way or anything that kind of caught your eye going between Look, I,
1: we, we don't mind stopping at the silos. I think from... Uh, Gippsland up there, there's a couple that you can stop on. For us, the travelling afterwards was probably where all the fun kicked in, I suppose. Okay. Um,
0: Is that because you had a bit more time to travel back or?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, so we ended up going up to White Cliffs and looking at the mines there. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah, and we're actually doing that again with our exchange student because it's something that she loved.
0: What that's um, about is that about three or four hundred clicks out from Silverton, something yeah, like that. Yeah, about, okay. yeah, about yeah. Because I was I was thinking of doing that on um because I had a couple of days to do some sightseeing after the bash as well, but uh, I just wasn't able to. preserve another day to get out there and head back in time yeah. because it seemed like quite a uh, a bit of a trek. But um, what was what was Wycliffe's like? What was what was kind of uh, there to see and what was what was what what yeah, what what it made you interested to check out White Cliffs along the tail end of your trip?
1: I guess um, it's it's really good to show uh, the girls uh, how things are really done because you know they can just go to the shop and buy stuff. So it was good to show them open minds. We drove through the little towns. We went underground. That wasn't in White Cliffs, but it was on our travels as well. And it was okay. it was mining, um, and it's just a really good way to show them obviously one how people used to do things yeah. and there is still there is still minds in operation absolutely but it's just not how it how it used to be so it was good to take a bit of a step back in time with the kids and show them houses that people used to live in because they they weren't very big
0: yeah that's um, right
1: yeah yeah okay. so it was, it was a great opportunity for the girls
0: mm. Yeah, i will have to uh i'll try i have to try and reschedule a bit of my plan if I get, if my volunteer role gets approved for uh, the August bash and I'll have to make my way out there because I know that in areas like uh, koyabar and Nink and that sort of stuff that, uh I travel through, there is a lot of rich history of mining and kind of, you know, it gives you an understanding of, um, you know, how the economy and how communities kind of flourished from, you know, towns being just majorly, uh, I suppose, reliant on mining and, um yeah, the kind of the houses and the accommodation and the way that people used to live. It is a bit of a, step back in time but it also uh, for me at least um gives you an appreciation of how accessible our services are as well especially when you have people yeah. like uh the royal flying doctor service up at the bash as well so yeah
1: absolutely mm. definitely worth the trip out there if you can
0: okay I'll, uh, I'll pencil in I'll try and make that work yeah because I was yeah. I was trying to either, yeah either see Wycliffes or Tipperborough but um or maybe I'll yeah. do both I'll see what happens
1: <laughs> yeah we actually intended to go to Tipperborough this time but the weather after the bash was fairly average I'm sure you remember
0: oh uh, yeah that's uh, true actually yeah there was a big um uh yeah there were floods and heavy rains and that sort of thing yeah when uh because I wanted to try and make the trip back from Broken Hill to Sydney where I'm based in one day and uh I think it was about 2.30 in the morning. I had my window cracked sleeping in the back of my car. I just felt a couple of raindrops. I was like, all right, that's my cue to get out of here. <laughs> and for about yeah. four hours or so until I got to Ningen, yeah, I was just yeah, yeah. smashing through the heavy rain, overtaking a couple of trucks and nearly hit a couple of kangaroos head on. And I'm very yeah. glad that I got out of there just in time before um, I would have probably been trapped in. How many well, days we- How many days after the bash did you uh, leave? And did you encounter any of those kind of close calls with the weather?
1: Yeah, so we went up towards Tipper um and then we cut across to Tilpa and yep. there was a there is a pub in Tilpa. We were keen to get there and my husband wanted a beer and I wanted a good feed. Yep. Um And we got there and there wasn't any food on, but there was definitely beer, so that was totally fine. And I asked the pub owners about camping around there because we tend to do a lot of free camping. We're self-sufficient. Yep, um, one of the best ways to be. Yeah, and be- mm. but because we hadn't had reception for well over a week, where with Optus, don't recommend that if you're traveling out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, they basically said that they were going to get rain that night, and if they did, um, we would be stuck for a week. So, Whoa. we very, very quickly uh left to Wilcannia,
0: yeah, okay, <laughs>
1: yeah. The joys of not having reception,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I know that's um, on the uh, traveling to the Bash Facebook group, a lot of people uh, were looking for advice from other people that had just gone in April. Some people yep. said, oh, you know, what's the go with phones? You know, have you, you know, is there any chance we can get reception? I just commented, well, the only chance you need your phone is just for photos. You know, just enjoy the moment. I mean, if yep. you have to make business calls and that sort of thing, it might be worth getting a, uh, you yeah, know, like an antenna or something. But for the meantime, yep. like, it's the whole reason of going out into the, into the outback. You just kind of kick back and phone's off, you know, work off and – just kind of, yeah, enjoy everything as it is. Take a couple of photos and videos on the way, so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, mm. we will be getting a Telstra SIM card um, for our travels this time. Yeah. Um, a lot of rural towns have Telstra, but they don't have Optus.
0: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: and we've obviously got animals and at home and people looking after the house, so we need to be kind oh, okay. of Okay,
0: so you need communication accessible. for that reason as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah okay.
0: Because yeah. I did a uh, a solo trip through from Sydney through to... Melbourne, then Adelaide, then back up through Broken Hill. And um, yeah. I, I switched to Telstra then, and I've been with them for, I don't know, well, since, so about, what, four or five years or whatever. And uh, even though it is that little bit more expensive, you do get that extra coverage to even just you know call family or friends and let them know where you are or uh, you know put little updates and that sort of thing as well. So, um, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely recommend it. Yeah, if you're getting a Telstra SIM card, that should get you out of trouble for this one.
1: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Yeah, and look, when we got to Tilpa, there was actually a, a phone box there. And phone boxes, I don't know if you know, but they're Telstra-based and yep. you can actually make free calls and send text messages anywhere in Australia. So we oh, just touched okay. with family there, rang them That's on the right. payphone. Yeah.
0: Because I have seen some uh, scattered around, you know, certain parts of the highway or whatever, but, um, you know, some I thought yeah. they might have just been artefacts, but good to know they still work.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, the one in Tilpa does, I can confirm.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So you said you were a free based campers. What's the kind of like traveling rig that you uh, went with the last time? And what, what's the kind of setup that you have?
1: We've got a Pioneer Onyx, a hard floor camper trailer. So it folds back. Um, we can actually, if it's only a one night stop, fit all three kids' stretches on the floor of that. We've got an outdoor kitchen, an outdoor shower, oh, uh, an annex if we need it. But we tend not to choose uh, to choose not to camp when it's pouring with rain um but if we stop for long periods of time we set the annex up and we put a kid's room on the back so it gives us a little bit more space inside
0: oh very nice and are you mainly using uh, gas and eskies or do you rely on a generator at some points as well
1: uh for more often than not uh battery charging and solar while we're um set up and battery charging while we're driving is enough Okay. Uh, we didn't use we didn't use a generator at all during the bash, and we had um, S, uh, yeah fridges running, um, and it was totally fine.
0: Oh, oh, very good. Because yeah, I know yeah. that at the bash um, you can start your generator from I think eight am to eight pm, and uh, yeah. yeah, depending if you have a big night or not. I remember there was a couple mornings where you know, you'd hear that pool start at like seven fifty nine, it's like oh geez, yeah. on a yeah. minute.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, if you can yeah, some people it, aren't used to being in the middle of nowhere. Too, I That's guess.
0: very true as well. Yeah, the last guest that I had on last week, uh, that was her first uh, outback experience, and she had yeah, coming from yeah. Coffs Harbour too. So I think there's a lot of things to, uh, yeah, to consider and things to, yeah, prepare for, and that sort of thing. Uh, in yeah. saying that, if someone was wanting to head out to the August Money uh, Bash or the July Birdsville Bash, what are some uh, kind of tips and tricks that you would leave for them to, uh, you know, things to look out for, things to prepare for, or um, extra bits of kit to take in case something goes wrong?
1: Hey, my husband's the best person to ask for things like that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I just, got, I guess, I guess the thing is, is you just never know what's going to happen when you're out there. You don't know if you're going to get stuck, and our little scare in Tilpa was probably enough to remind us that you need to have water and you need to have enough food supplies. Um, I, I guess everything else, if you've got a caravan or you've got a camper trailer, uh, you're housed. But if you get reined in in those places, it might not just be a day.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah And I guess the other thing is um, we're really mindful of when we drive. So we would only drive when it was daylight. Um, yep. And it sounds like you had a couple of close encounters with some kangaroos as well. And that's why. There's a lot of animals out there.
0: That's right. Yeah. 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 Those those close calls with the kangaroos on the way to Ningen. Um, I think it was after, I'm oh, sorry, it was after Cobar, yeah, you because know, I was driving in the dark for about five, six hours. My body wasn't tired, but my eyes were. So then I um, ended up having a feed in Cobar, drove another hour and a half down to Ningen, and then, yeah, yeah, just slept in the back of my car for a couple of hours for a bit of a revival and then uh, kept going from there. So, yeah, driving at night, yeah. it was good to get those k's out of the way early in the day, but, um, yeah, it definitely yep. gets you a bit exhausted. So, yeah, driving in the day yeah, is a, yeah, definitely a better way to do it.
1: Yeah, and I guess uh, what we found too is there's not just kangaroos out there. Um, when we went to Birdsville, we saw wild camels. Um, yep. This trip we we saw kangaroos, there was emus on the road, there was pigs on the road. There's just things everywhere, and you don't really expect it.
0: Yeah, it's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, especially down yeah. in Cobar, it's, it's, I think it's just mainly just full of goats all across the highway of all sorts of, yeah, sort of shapes and sizes. Yeah, we saw
1: a lot of goats too. <laughs> yep.
0: And they seemed very cute, you know. You do just want to pull over and just pick one up, but they're pretty feral, so I can imagine, you know, they'd give you a, a, a noggin or two. <laughs>
1: I did tell them, my kids, that if they could catch one, we would take it home. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, I good. think
1: I was pretty safe there. <laughs>
0: So in terms of uh, music, so as you were speaking before, um, John Williamson was a major highlight. Uh, he was he was a highlight for me as well as well among uh, Paul Kelly because yep. not only are they great uh, artists, but they're also great storytellers too. And I think yep. having those big accompaniment backing bands with them, they really uh, made that whole experience um, just a lot more. I don't know, powerful is the word, I suppose. Yep. What were some of the other highlights uh, for artist wise that um, you enjoyed from the April Bash?
1: Uh, chocolate starfish.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely yeah, fabulous. And got he got a very was big at, um, energy with him as well. Yeah, and he was at um, Birdsville in nineteen as well. Mm. Um Casey Chambers in nineteen was also amazing, and she's gonna be in there in August.
0: Oh, that's right. Uh,
1: yeah. So uh, and she's a really down to earth person. Like she at Birdsville, she went back to the pub and had a bit of a sing along with everybody.
0: Oh, um, awesome. So there
1: was, yeah, um, and for August, uh, Missy Higgins, Casey Chambers, obviously Midnight Oil will be fabulous. Yep, but yep. like I said, I don't mind a bit of a sing-along, so Missy yeah. Higgins and Casey Chambers are good ones for me.
0: Oh, very good. That's It's also nice to hear that, you know, she, you know, she went out to the pub and had a sing-along, and I think there was an article uh, that came out, it must have been last month, of um, from Kate Sobrano saying that, you know, yeah. oh, Superstar trades a, you know, a night at the motel for camping in the tent. Yeah, you know, to be at the yeah. bash. So uh, it's good to hear and to know that these kind of artists kind of uh, you know strip away that kind of rock star ego, and they go, "Oh no, I'll just I'll get right in the thick of it. Like this is what it's all about." So you know, everyone is literally all uh, in the same boat. They're all there for the same reason. So yeah, well, my dad
1: um, went into Broken Hill on uh, the bus for the okay. day um well because he him and mum came to the bash as well and they were at the pub and kate sobrano just came in uh i think he, he was a little bit scared to say anything but she was there she was amongst it she was with everybody else she was she was just a tourist like we are yeah
0: that's uh, that's good to hear and um another good highlight i suppose with uh the money bash as well is yeah they do have that shuttle bus so you can either uh, camp or stay off-site and get a bus into the festival each day or through to Silverton yep. and anywhere else if you need to get supplies too. So it's a very yep. uh, handy feature to have. What are yeah, some of absolutely. the other kind of uh, highlights of the bash or some of the highlights of you know volunteering with other people or any other kind of activities or things that you really enjoyed about it?
1: Uh, look, I, I love the Crack Up Sisters, as did my kids. Um, I was actually part of their shows every day. Oh, okay. Um,
0: what were you doing? Which... What, how were you involved with their shows?
1: Uh, so there was eight of us, I think, and we'd go out there a the, uh, couple of hours before and we'd run through uh, choreography for little dances and stuff. Okay. I uh, will apologise. I was probably terrible, but I, I did <laughs> have a really good time. Uh, we were part stuff. of the games as well. Um, as As for, like, volunteering and highlights, I've, I've volunteered to help a lot of people. I'm on school councils and all this type of stuff. Okay. Um I really, really felt valued as a volunteer at Mundi. It wasn't like you were just somebody that was here to do a job. Um, they generally, generally cared about you um, so much so that my dad's coming this year as a volunteer um, in August, oh, and awesome. my husband's even signed up as well. So, oh great!
0: Even dad yeah, getting more I'm people involved. To grow
1: the crew a bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I told, uh, yeah, my parents about uh, the April Bash and volunteering and everything else, and. I think they ended up just getting a ticket, so they might volunteer next time, but um, they've got a few friends coming with them as well. So I'll be able to uh, meet my parents out there, which would be, yeah, a real joy. What kind of uh, roles will your husband and father be doing as uh, volunteers?
1: So my husband's doing overnight shifts as a road marshal, gate marshal, just standing at the gate. It was really important for us um, that we didn't miss a heap of music. Um,
2: Obviously,
1: that's that's why we're going.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's so the only other thing to consider as well, I suppose. Yeah, some of the artist clash that might happen within your shifts. So
1: I guess the good thing is you, you absolutely pick what you want to do beforehand. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. So he's got overnight shifts and my dad's come on as a can crusher, which okay. is actually what I'm going to do this time as well. So our shifts are mostly together, bar about one. So, oh, cool. Dad and I are going to work on the can crushing recycling side of things. So different than the Danny Angels. Yeah. Um, I do the Danny Angels thing again. It was just about trying to figure out something that I could do with my dad at the same time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: So, as you as you said uh, a lot earlier, um, yeah, your kids uh, have been to both. I'm going to try and get a few more of my friends out to the uh, August one. What kind yep. of uh, advice would you would you give, or you know, how would you recommend this festival to anyone who either hasn't? Been to a music festival with you know more than five thousand people, or hadn't been to the outback before, or haven't seen a variety of live music like this. How would you, how would you uh, nudge someone to to come along? You know, how, you know, how would you recommend it?
1: Yeah, look, firstly, I think when people think about it, they they think it's some full rave fest, which it's not. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely not. Yeah.
1: The hours wise, there's music from like twelve thirty to eight thirty, which means that you don't have to drag the kids back to go to bed. You finish it off and they go to bed at 9, 9:30, which you're out and about, you're camping, you have a good time. It's totally, it's totally fine to stay up late. Um, and there's kids' activities too. So my kids did the Dunny door paintings. So they did paintings and they got put up on the toilet doors. Um, the crack up okay. sisters do a show each day. Um uh there's there was the Mundy Mundy Undy run. If your child is any kind of talented, there's the Monday's got talent. So there's a lot of things for kids to do and yes, you pay for it, but it all goes to the Royal Flying Doctor Service. So it's it's absolutely worthwhile.
0: That's it. Yeah, it's for a good cause yeah. as well. I'm pretty sure uh with the April Festival they'd raise something like hundred and forty grand for the Royal Flying yeah, Doctor huge. Service and it's yeah, it's huge. So yeah. the involvement, yeah, is um, is really wholesome and uh yeah, it's another good yeah. reason to get involved, I suppose. Oh, yeah, very nice. Absolutely. Matt, yep. we're um, nearing the end of the episode. Are there's any kind of extra things you want to add or anything else you'd like to say for people wanting to check out a festival like this for the first time or heading out to an Outback Adventure for the first go?
1: Look, I think at the end of the day, if you're thinking about it, just do it. Outback Australia is such a fabulous site. Um, if you're not into music festivals, that's okay. The atmosphere is great there and it's, you know, everybody is friendly. I think if you're thinking about it, uh, do it. You won't
0: be disappointed. Awesome. Good stuff. And that's another very good important point too because uh, people like at the April Bash, I think that was one of the first times for a lot of people that they were able to head out over the last two years of COVID and lockdowns and that sort of thing too. So it seemed like, uh, yeah. yeah, there was there was no bullshit, so to say, and then everyone yeah. just kind of had their hair down and everyone came from all across the country. And, you know, yeah. for me at least, every conversation I had with people passing by was a minimum of five minutes, you know. It was Uh, where are you from you know who have you seen you know what are you looking forward to and yeah everyone's out there just to have a great time so uh, good stuff Nat thanks very much for talking to us I'm sure that this will give uh, a few more listeners some encouragement to head out to either the the, uh, August Monday Bash or other events similar it's been great chatting and um, yeah thanks very much for uh, sharing your experience about the Monday Bash we appreciate it
1: not a problem thanks for having me
0: all good thanks Nat catch up thank you bye bye
2: Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues